0: What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Godfitted Japan. I'm your host, Johnny, and Tom Tom Tokyo is not here today. Actually, that's right, he is not here today, but he was here yesterday, which means he recorded the show without me, that son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I was fucking busy. I was so tied up with work and shit. I'll tell you all about it next week. Um, But yeah, I could not be here on the show. Unfortunately, I really, 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 really wanted to be here because there's nothing more entertaining than getting my drink on with Tommy and uh, hanging out with a guest. Because, yes, this week we do have a special guest who will introduce himself in about a moment. And, uh, yes, this is episode number, what is it, 327. Jesus Christ. 327 episodes and uh, for all you new time faders Got Fit Japan's Japan is about two dudes booze Japan and the news we highly recommend that you crack open a beer and listen to the show if you don't have beer a substitute would be okay uh, shochu gin chuhai uh, scotch bourbon tequila a- any form of whiskey straight whiskey uh, single malt yeah that's great Um, Yeah, so just uh, get your drink on and enjoy the show. It's a little bit more interesting when you do. I guess that means when we're sober, we're just not interesting. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we are, maybe we're not. If you are driving to work or driving to school or whatnot, please pull over and drive uh, without drinking. (laughs) Don't drink and drive. That's what I'm trying to say drinking and driving is bad, so do not do it. So if you are listening to the show, stop if you're driving and uh, go somewhere where you don't have to drive. <laughs> Faders, we, we don't want you to do anything bad. We don't, we don't want you to wind up on the show, and we don't want you to hurt anybody, especially yourself. So, uh, yeah, getting faded is all about drinking and having a good time with all of us here at Got Fit Japan and with all of you. I mean, shit, one of these days we're definitely going to have to have some kind of a a global get-together or something. We'll work on that. You don't worry about it. It could be in the works in the future. We do have episode 400 coming up in about... uh, What would that be? One show every... uh, In about a year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> save your pennies save your pesos, save your yen save your save any currency that you're saving and uh so you can buy a ticket here in a year and get faded with us we'll rent out gamuso which is one of our sponsors oh yes that's right we do have three sponsors but that will be at the end of the show faders sit back relax and fade on Enjoy what's the show. up
1: faders Peace. welcome to yet another episode of got faded japan i'm your host tom tom tokyo and welcome to everybody, and unfortunately, Johnny can't quite make it this time, I think he's really busy with painting, or something, we'll have to ask him next week when he gets back on the show, but for now, it's just gonna be me, and oh, wait, no, I'm not gonna do this alone, I'm not going alone, I have a special guest, I actually have my landlord, hey, what's up everybody, so, would you care to introduce yourself, oh, sorry, um, uh, before we go on, um, uh, Got Faded is a very special program brought to you. It's about two dudes, booze, Japan, and the news. And this is episode 327.
2: What's up everybody? I'm Adam German, long time uh, Tokyo resident, and I'm happy to be here. And I'm sitting here with Tom, who I've known quite a while, and drinking beer, talking about everything current about Japan. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of current stuff. There's a lot of interesting stuff. There's no shortage of interest in in the things that happen in this country. Yeah, there are not. There are not. At all. Let's have a... Cheers to kanpai. that. Cheers,
1: Cheers to the kampai. Salud. So, since you're new to the show, can you introduce yourself?
2: Well, uh, born in Canada, uh, in a small rural town between Toronto and Niagara Falls, and came to Japan in 2003, knew nothing, purposely did not study anything about Japanese or the culture or at all anything about I'm, other than I'm just Japan's in Asia. I wanted the experience to be like new and fresh and yeah, that was 13 years ago. It was new and fresh.
0: <laughs> so basically,
1: you know, you know I've been here like the same like basically about the same time cuz I've been here for 13 years. 2003? Yeah, 2003.
2: I was November, I was November 23rd, 2003, and the reason I remember the date because it's my best friend in Canada's birthday that day, actually. Oh, really? Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was October 29th, of two thousand
2: three. Almost one month later. Yeah, so I got you beat by a month, motherfucker. I don't know about you, but when the plane was landing, I will never forget this. It was like such a pivotal moment in my life that it was like I'm finally landing in Japan. I didn't know what it would be. There was a whole bunch of hype. I came here as an English teacher, but I got hired in Toronto, so there was a whole like six weeks of like stuff I had to do before I actually got here. And when I finally got here, then I purposely had uh, a portable CD player. That's how long ago. it. When you say a portable CD player, it makes you feel old, but really it's not that long ago. But that's a different topic. But I remember looking out the window. Makes me feel old when I have to like explain things to like kids, and they're like, "You,
1: you, you don't have an, a phone?"
2: Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, "Why?" No, is, we we didn't have those yet, motherfucker. Why is the Why is the CD player the same way we talk about eight tracks? Yeah. Anyway, about. so I had Metallica, actually, uh, the s and uh, No Leaf Clover playing. Not really? Just full blast in my in my headset while I'm just watching, looking at Japan. Now, if you're flying in to, Nar- to Narita, uh, the only thing you're going to see, actually, on the coast is a bunch of, like, warehouses and, and containers and shit, so the, it wasn't really that... It was a beach with containers, but to me, it was just, like, at that time, that day was just the biggest thing ever. So, I landed, and been here ever since I've traveled but Japan's now basically my adopted home
1: oh, me too man 13 years dude like yeah it's a big
2: hunkier life yeah. it's not a small time it's no, it's, 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 it's not man it's, it's 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 a big hunkier life I talked to guys back home who like you know when I left were you know fresh uni grads and then they've gone on to like you know have get married have kids you know Settle down into the whole yeah, workaday pr- life, which, which is-,
1: is pretty much everything. Like, you know, when I went back to Chicago, it's pretty much everything else. Like, you know, same same thing as, like, yeah, I got married, you know, popped out a couple of kids, and I'm just like, okay. And then everyone kind of like looks at me and goes, Yeah, we figured you weren't going to get married and have kids. I'm like, You're probably right on that one.
2: Yeah, but I've been married, divorced, uh, engaged with stepkids, got my own daughter from the first marriage. So it's like, it's not like you can't do it here. I mean, and and I tell you, there's guys back home who have the exact same story. Mm. And, but the difference between being here and uh, and the reason I love it, at least Tokyo, I can't speak for the rest of Japan. Because when I first came here, I literally landed in the middle of Tokyo um in in terms of my first job my first apartment and everything like that Mm. um but tokyo anyways like you can do all the stuff you had back home but then there's that added element of being like the gaijin in japan that Mm. just puts an uber spin on things right so Mm. you're never bored i've never once been bored no, like, uh, I will guarantee
1: you, in this country, if you, if you have money, you will never be bored here. At Even least in Tokyo, in the country,
2: maybe. Even if you don't have money, I mean, I went for, after the, the the global financial crisis hit in October of 2008, it really hit Tokyo hard, especially what I do, I do real estate. Yeah. And then, so, that the, there was just nothing happening, like, literally. So it took a six-month hiatus. I was in between, like, I had lots of space in between when I needed my visa renewals. So, like a good, I had a three year visa. I think I was like right in the middle. So, I had a good span of time to basically do whatever I wanted. And then, so I went and got drunk for six months and hung out at a local bar. And even when you're doing nothing, actually, I met a whole bunch of people. I've been there before. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, met a whole bunch of people and like, you know, they were awesome. I mean, they were like, you know, the, the, the shtamachi of Tokyo. And shtamachi, if you look at the kanji, it means lower. Town. but actually what it means is like you know the it's a very distinct culture of tokyo where tokyo's got this image of you know like this cosmopolitan city this is the this is the exact opposite part of tokyo so it's your very um blue collar type place where you blue collar japanese people they don't care that you're foreign they don't care nothing do you drink beer yeah you like women fucking awesome you know that they just love you in that sense so. No,
1: no, I, I would agree with you. Like, they're actually some of the coolest people I've met. They just, like, just do not give a fuck. They're just like, yeah, whatever, blue collar, yeah, gaijin, like, you yeah. know, whatever. No, the first question is like, all they want to know is, do you speak Japanese? You know, because, well, because like it's base communication, right? Yeah, like, it's just speak? like you know, yeah. can you communicate with me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, yeah, let's fucking clink up and
2: get drunk together. And they, then... and they just want to get smashed. I mean, yeah, they, they want to get smashed, and, just and, wanna and, get smashed. and, and they want to talk about you know fucking girls and have a great time and dance. I've never seen a populace more interested in dancing in my entire life. Really? It great, great place, great place. Anyway, the um yeah, so then was an English teacher, and and now I'm into real estate, and yeah, that's me. Yeah. Oh, I think you're skipping something. Um,
1: okay, let's start start off uh, the food truck. You got you got sure. a nice food truck. You, you you might want to do a plug for that because I know we have a lot of listeners that do go to clubs and like parties and stuff. So. Food truck thing is pretty interesting and I've had your food several times. It's actually quite good. So because I don't make it (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all right, there's nothing wrong with that. You can just say hey man, I'm the business guy. I just manage that stuff I'm the finance wizard.
2: Actually, I don't even manage it. I uh, I'm just the owner Um, I bought the food truck because for my fiance now uh, she is second generation Japanese, but born and raised in Buenos Aires, in Argentina. Yeah. So what had happened with her was her parents, post-war, uh, had gone to South America. There was an enormous, at that time, uh, Japanese migration uh, at that time to South America, mm. mainly Brazil, but there was a lot that went to Argentina, too. Mm. My fiancé's parents being two of them. Uh, and they went over there and had about 15 children. So, my fiancé is the youngest of them. You fucking 15? Yeah, I'm still meeting brothers and sisters. We've been together for almost 10 years. It's like, I'm still meeting brothers and sisters. Well, and I, I, met like, shit, uh, yeah. I met one sister. Mm. So, so, so you're saying there's another 13 of
1: them running around.
2: Exactly. And then in, you haven't met the, the brother who lives here, too. But anyway, what had happened was they had 15 kids. A lot of those kids had actually come back to Japan to, for a bit of time. And then they had eventually filtered back to Argentina. So then, by the time I had met my fiancé, there was only three left in Japan, her, her sister, and her brother. Um, and when I met my fiancé, she had spent lots hey, of... You see, you see that one of those dudes driving the trucks, so I think, maybe... No, 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 no that, that's some. that's some old... Uh, you've seen that guy. Yeah. That guy's a complete character. Okay. Let, let me get to that guy in a minute. This, okay, all right, all right. This, so, this, sorry to interrupt you, but go this ahead. This guy ahead. is by far and away the funniest... Incapable looking capable person you've ever met, <coughs> but anyway, so I meet my I meet my fancy and she cooks me dinner for the first time and I sit down and I eat it and this is probably how many years have I been in Japan at this point eight so I really haven't had a, a meal that punched me in the soul like so I get back home right the Jap- Japanese food is really good and there's some of it that's like you know you crave for it, you crave it sometimes and and you go and eat it and it's great but then it doesn't really like it's that you know it doesn't hit you in the feels right. Mm. I sit down to this woman's table, and she cooks this meal of Argentinian food, which I had no idea what it was. But actually, it's a pretty cool mix between, it's a pretty cool mashup of European versus Brazilian food, right? Hmm. And I'm just literally in tears, okay? First meal, and I said, look, we can sell this. I'm already angling for a business on this. As soon as I tasted it, I was just like, we can sell this. It took five years of me not endlessly harping on her, but chipping away at it every now and again and then finally she said, "You know what? I'm sick of working for other people. I want to start our own business." Mm. I want to start I want to start a restaurant. And I said, "Great." So except I didn't have that much money. So we had thought and then I started looking at rents around like some of the prime areas in Tokyo cuz if you're going to just open a restaurant, you've got to go prime because the restaurant business, you got a 6-month time span from open to when you go bankrupt. So it's a very, very, very high turnover business. Um, so I started looking at rents there and what it would cost to secure contract and, and re- retail space. And it's just en- enormous sums of money. And so at one point I was trying to get some investors together to do a business. Um, and that didn't work out. Just, it's not that they didn't want to do it. It's just they all wanted to do it. And they all wanted to have a say. And they all wanted some control. And it was I, all I, getting I, I, way I think, too complicated. I,
1: I think I've been in uh, similar situations. You get, like, a lot of problems. Either they want money immediately. It's like, I put this money in. And a month later, they phone you up. So, I'm like, oh, where's the return on that? Or they want to sit there and micromanage. It's like, okay, oh, you're just an investor. I thought I pitched you on something you believed in. But then they're like, yeah, but why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And you're like, w- wait a second. Like, you have no experience in this. But I'm a
2: businessman. I know how to do this. i like, No, that's not how it works. Thankfully, we never got that far, but the entire conversation that we did get that far to, just, it smelled like that's exactly
0: where it was going. But where, where the... the... Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to... Mitsuya Liquors. to New Zealand, they got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all, there's no joke about that. So get down to Mitchell Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, Got Fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right, Got Fit of Japan at Mitchell Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fate on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors.
2: The conversation we were having was... Definitely stunk like that, but then the... Um, thankfully, we didn't get that far. The, uh, where it fell off the rails with us was, like, I wanted to offer a minority steak for X amount of money, we had control of the company, and we would pay these guys out in five years at double what they put in, and then they're out, and then we got control. We got control of the business. Uh-huh. Originally, that's what brought everybody to the table, but then when they really realized, when they re- when they really understood what it was we were trying to do, because in Tokyo right now, Brazil is like boom. You do a Brazilian restaurant, it's it's almost a guaranteed success. Now we're Argentina. She's Argentinian, so doesn't want to sell or sold be like he you know, doesn't want to sell her soul. they don't sold. quite know that they the japanese people
1: right yeah yeah, yeah no, um, i'm talking about the japanese which is going to be your base customers so let's face it like uh we are in japan and like we are the minority big time yeah the like um, uh like i guess a similar situation like uh, a, lot of, a lot of like uh how do you say the Indian restaurants in shibuya it's all nepalese
2: i didn't know i didn't even know that is that so? Is there and and pardon my ignorance. Is there a big difference? I suppose there is actually. I've never looked into. Uh, it, but... to,
1: no, no. Hey, to you and me, no. But like, uh, how do you say? Like my fiance will say, you know, she lived in India for years. She's like, oh no, 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 they're Nepalese, and she'll, you know, she'll, she'll tell me. But she'll sit down and explain why. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So maybe like uh, in, in your case, maybe like uh, for your girls, maybe it's kind of a similar situation. For her,
2: so. yes, but for me as a Canadian, not really. <laughs> no, so good. I can so I can certainly understand where the Japanese people are coming from and the confusion, right? But I'm not going to even bother trying to explain this to her. Um, the anyway, so then where this has gone off is one we had taken the investor, the group of investors, which originally was supposed to be three people and ended up being like six, seven guys, four of which I never, I didn't know. The three guys I knew from Tokyo invited other richer, actually cooler guys from Osaka. <laughs> from and they we all had this big big dinner and. Uh, went to a Brazilian restaurant, a Chadasco restaurant, and they had samba dancers and, and the whole thing, and it was a lovely place. That's what switched them on to what we were trying to do. So then immediately, then the conversation switched, and it went from like, "We're you know, no bank's going to give you a loan, we're taking control of this uh, entity, yeah. should it become a reality, blah, um, blah, 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 blah. Plus, I also so, thought... So the shark smelled a little bit of blood in the water? This is the other element to it. The Tokyo guys I originally talked to about this, they were guppy sharks, but they had enough money that I could have got this thing off the ground with. The guys they brought from Osaka actually were of a completely different pedigree. Ex-Morgan Stanley, ex-Goldman Sachs, ex-this, ex-that, and like they were actually, they understood business way better than the guys in Tokyo. So I tried a, I, when I had met these Osaka guys, I said I don't want. I thought to myself, I don't want to do business with these Tokyo guys anymore because these are the guys who would take it down the path that you were talking about earlier. They're going to inject themselves into the business. They're going to start making demands. They have no experience. They're going to screw it up. It's going to be one giant angst after another, right? So I tried to go to. I, I made. I didn't even try. I just made one phone call to the guy in Osaka who was the ringleader for them, and I said, "Look, would you guys consider moving on this without the guys from Tokyo?" They said, "No." I said, "Okay, thanks." bye and then I shut down the conversations because that anybody who's done a business with anybody I mean you, a business business arrangements and investors are the exact same as marriage replace sex with money and that's basically what you got it very very so very kind of like prostitution yeah basically i mean this it, we can dress it up and call it capitalism but basically that's when you go and ask for uh, investment money that's basically yeah you're you're selling Well, it is capitalism, actually. I wouldn't go so far as prostitution, but it's like, it's a very... Emotionally, it's a similar thing. So, I come to you and I say, I can make you money using my services. And in the... the Act of making you money, then I make myself money. Now, you're going to make more money because I don't have the money to do it myself. So, but this first time around in my life, then I need this to get myself off the ground so I can go do this later. That's basically, you're selling value. But the emotional side of it... So
1: it's kind of like the Japanese thing, like, uh,
2: they have a term for it called compensated dating. It's not quite prostitution, but, you know, it's close. Great way of putting it, compensated dating, exactly. Emotionally is, is you're not quite as objective as a a transaction. If you go to the convenience store and buy a pack of cigarettes, here's Mm. cigarettes for cash, but you're not quite as invested sexually as a marriage but you're right in the middle where emotionally it's close enough where these guys they you know a restaurant's a vanity purchase right it's a vanity investment i mean you make money in stocks you make money in headhunting you make money in anything else you want a restaurant everybody wants a restaurant right
1: well that, yeah that's a it's a thing like uh, how do you say like uh like the bars clubs restaurants like how do you say like uh as an investment purchase, it's, like, it's actually kind of a stupid investment purchase because, like, it, A, it's really risky, and, like, B, how do you say, the actual return on money is quite low. On average. But, but like, on, on average, on average, don't, don't get me wrong, like, you know, there's McDonald's, there's TGI Fridays, there's a lot of shit out there, like, you know, it I'm not saying it can't be done, but, like, in general, if you look look at the actual statistics of it, like, it's, it's very difficult to do, and a lot, a lot of those, like, startups, like, like, you're saying, like, six months later, they're not there. It's like, boom, we try, pss, done, next, and somebody else will buy the property. So, and, like, even though like, even though a lot of the s- successful places, like, um, I say it like, they're not making, like, huge
2: bank. The, on average, you're absolutely right. The ones that do make it do very well. Mm-hmm. The, another thing that made me believe in the missus, too, was so that. So, it's kind of like-, like life, like, 1%. Basically. Now, where I, made, where I made my own internal gamble was I wanted to put my money down on her cooking. Mm. And so this is where this all had come from. So then that had fallen apart, and then we were back to square one. That was three months basically out the window. And we were back to square one, and she's working at this restaurant. She's uber confident. She was working at this restaurant in Ginza. Uh, it was a Brazilian churrasco place that had started. She was the first head chef. And within six months it was rolling into to talk about what we were talking about before within the first six months it was rolling in a million dollars a month That's... purely based on on anybody who came anywhere near that food just got addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gave her the confidence it gave us the confidence and then so we started originally with a restaurant that whole conversation fell apart and then we came back to square one th- three months of negotiations down the tube and we said all right well the problem we had with these investors, we had zero leverage, because at the time, I'm working for a real estate company, which has nothing to do with restaurants. She was uh, the head chef at this restaurant we were basing our model off of, but at the end of the day, it was a part-time hourly wage. We had no leverage, other than the, the means, right? Mm. So,
1: so you got the ability, so you're just like searching for a way to like get shit
2: done. Well, we needed a track record. And that was, that was it. We needed a track record. Those investors, I mean, they weren't rude. Well, the Tokyo guys were dicks. Well, but anyway, I, I, I
1: can't hire you because you don't have experience.
2: Well, how do I get experience? By getting experience. Chicken and egg, right? Yeah. So I thought, all right, well, how, then how do we get a track record? And a track record means you're profitable, means you've got a following, means you know, you've got a good menu, you've got this and you've got that. So then me and her sat down and said, well, what, what can we do? we got X amount of money. What will that get us? And she said, food truck. One of her friends uh, that she worked with was, had a food truck, and you know we, we got to learn off of them how much it would cost and where to go to get the truck. I mean, that was you know guy in Saitama. Awesome dude. I can recommend him. Kamine Jido Han. He's a great guy. Old guy. He's been selling food trucks for ages. Um, kits it out, does it well, and my truck has not had any mechanical problems. I bought it at 100,000 kilometers. It was an old converted... Ironically, it was an con- old converted meat wagon. Um, well, the Japanese are very efficient, so there you go. This is a great story of efficiency. I mean, great story of Japanese efficiency. Uh, edit, please. <laughs> this is a great story of Japanese efficiency because the this guy was awesome. I mean, you know, he had... And we got a great deal. We were so lucky in that, in that situation. Normally in Japan, you have what's called K-cars, which are there's a, it's a size limitation you got a k truck and a k car but anyway most food trucks are of that size and they're very small size and there's very little things you can you're limited in the space that you can use to for the configuration hmm. but the what we bought was like this this old converted meat wagon like you've seen it it's it's parked outside yeah the um it's a size i see a,
1: you occasionally washing it yes Twice a
2: year, actually. Yeah, twice a year. We'll, we'll wash it twice <laughs> don't a year. tell the customers that. <laughs> well, the inside gets washed loads. It's the outside, right? The outside, you can't... That thing won't fit in an automatic car wash. You take it to gas stations that say they'll hand wash it. And one time I did, I spent two. I spent 20,000 yen to watch five people with no soap spray water at my truck and then come back to me and say, this thing's never been washed right. And I said, no, you guys are doing such a shitty job that <laughs> I don't even want to pay the money that I said I would. Kind of a that's, thing, right? That's pretty rough. So the only thing we can do is basically wash it ourselves. It actually, sounds like a you know for not for you for the business or for the employees. Just like oh, oh spray some water on it. It was the most half assed thing. Uh, there's not a lot you see half-assed done in this country. That mm. that truck washing when I took it to the Enios is a gas company, gas station company in Japan. When I took it to the Enios, and I'm sitting, they have a a, a refresh space. I love how this country uses the word refresh. It's awesome. It's basically a waiting area. With a bunch of vending machines, and you can smoke. It's cool uh, with refreshments. Oh, yes. Yeah, with the, hence the vending machines, right? So yeah. I'm sitting there, and, I, and I'm up on the second floor of, of this, and I'm so I'm able to look down out the window at what they're doing to my truck, right? And it, I I've never seen. I was I was shocked at the half-assery. I would expect this from student car washers in Canada, not Japanese people. Actually, and it was AKA
1: pot-smoking hippies,
2: or or just anybody it. unmotivated in life, generally. <laughs> <laughs> right what they were doing, I think I it was it was shocking, actually. they like they had this woman, and they were in, in Japan, I don't know if you've ever been in Japan, but then the listeners, I mean, you've been in Japan, we're sitting in oh, Japan right see. now. The, you go to the gas station, they all wear pit crew uniforms, right? To make you feel really cool, like you're an F1 driver no matter what you're driving. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so you got that sounds, it sounds... Okay, okay. It sounds pretty I, interesting. All right, I, continue. You, you go You go into a gas station in Japan, I mean, you've got people guiding you left and right. They're making hand signs. You don't know what the hell they mean. Actually, you do know what the hell they mean because they've, they've got these hand signs that even a complete first-time beginner can figure out, you know, go here, line up here. All right, and then you you roll down the window. Tell them what you want. They have the, like the flags with like their direction. You're like some oh, do.
1: Hi, hi, hi. Oh, okay, okay. Stop, stop.
2: Some do, some do. Yeah. And then the they say they say okay. Well, you're paying cash or credit, and you you tell them, and then they give you a towel so you can while they're doing their thing, you can wipe down the inside of your dash and get all the dust off your dash and everything, mm. and then hand them back the towel. They'll take all your garbage. It's a complete pit stop experience. Compare that to. What you get back home? Absolutely, you can't compare it. So, amongst this expectation of a car wash, well, a truck wash. If you had a normal sized car, it's fine. There's an automatic car wash there. You just same as back home. You just plug your money in, and sit there, and you know, laugh at the soap bubbles. Yeah, maybe maybe listen to a podcast. Who knows? Maybe listen to a podcast. Yes, exactly. Oh, turn your engine off, folks. <laughs> But this truck is, like, it's it's just a truck, right? Well, it's a Japanese version of a truck, so it's not, like, an 18-wheeler or nothing, but it's it's outside the size requirements that you can fit in this mechanical thing, right? So... Excuse me. Edit out, please. <laughs> so, I'm sitting in this refreshment area with and looking down and seeing this, like, these three people, one of which is a female, which is th- nothing wrong with the fairer sex, but, I mean, like... I'd never seen... She wasn't even trying. She she didn't even dip the rag into the bucket. They. It's almost like they had pretty much decided that they were going to do a shitty job and then come back and throw it back on me that I'd never washed the truck before so they can't get the grime off. And anyway, that was... So that's why we got to sit out there and occasionally wash it ourselves. You got to hand wash that shit. I, I get that, but like...
1: In my experience, um, you're obviously a larger man. I am as well. Like I would say, excuse
2: me, what are you doing? Eh, Yeah, but that's the thing about Japan. I mean, the the guy you're talking to has nothing. They have no decision-making capability. None whatsoever. And I could either sit there and get shitty about it, or I could just never do it again. Actually, this is the very... I think I've been here too long. This is actually the Japanese way of doing everything. You'd never know serving Japanese people if you've done a shitty job. Everything looks... Great and wonderful and lovely, yeah. until they never come back.
1: Yeah. And
2: and and to anybody listening overseas, I mean, this is exactly how you you have to expect this. The, the Chinese are different. The Koreans are different. They're much more direct about things. Japanese people, they'll just be like, yeah. You'll ask them in an earnest effort for feedback about how their experience was in whatever business you have, and they'll say oh, this is great. This is the Japanese people. It's great. It's lovely. They'll give you the great in either broken English, fluent English, or Japanese, whatever you speak. Hmm. And, but they'll just never come back. And that's, and, and if you follow up with them, they'll say, oh, I'm just busy and this and that. But really, that's actually what it looks like. You actually gave them a shitty experience and they'll just, they're not coming back. And they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their friends. That's the Uh, thing. uh, uh, Don't get me wrong. I get that. I get that. But like, Take me, for example. I'm sitting here talking about a gas station experience I had eight months ago.
1: <laughs> I understand, though. What about, like, um, really, like, personal stuff? Like, um, okay, okay, like... Anyway, uh, so
2: to wrap this up, we bought a food truck three years ago. Now she's, like, the famous food truck queen of town, and it's actually one of the top selling food, food trucks in Tokyo. excellent. Uh,
1: yeah. Argentina Foods, it's a big white truck. Uh, Argentina Abbey's... Grill. Ah, sorry. Ah. sorry. Argentina Grill. God damn! I should know that because I, it's by. And it's I un- fucking walk by it every day. <laughs> I
2: parked that truck and stood 200 meters away and still be able to read it clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, but Argentina Grill—it's a big
1: white truck. They have excellent food, and it's a, how do you say, like, in cursive blue writing? It says Argentina
2: Grill, and it looks uh, like a Scooby-Doo ice cream wagon. <laughs> Scooby-Doo ice cream—that's an interesting way of putting it. Everybody, but okay. well, nobody—nobody says the Scooby-Doo part. Everybody says it looks like an ice cream truck. Well, Scooby-Doo. I'm thinking a different paint job the shape of the letters the way she had the way because so that was another money saving thing when we started we just bought the material you mm. can buy the car uh, stickers you can buy the car stickers uh, in a sheet and then we just sort of traced it out traced it out we just sort of traced it out all the letters and then cut them ourselves and then stuck them to the truck she did that, and I look at it, and that's where the Scooby-Doo comes. because all those wavy letters, these, like, trippy, hippy-dippy shit. It's the mystery off, machine? It look, that's exactly what I think it looks like. It looks just like the mystery machine.
1: Dude, you, have, you ever thought about, like, investing in a paint job? So, like, if you, if you painted that, like, as the mystery machine, you know, that kind of paint job, I bet, you, you know, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking your food. It's fucking excellent. I have had it, I've had it quite a few times, but, like, you just said the like, mystery machine, like... It's
2: it's got to be blue
1: and white. Hey,
2: and 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 you've got dogs. You've got dogs. You can market that shit. We do have a dog, actually. Two. Our dog, uh, the eyes point in two different directions, but that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> and actually, it's a different well, I, story I because you had
1: two. Uh, one.
2: Two. No, no, no. That was the other guy downstairs. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay yeah. That was the other guy downstairs. I Occasionally, you see your stepdaughter like walking the dog. The dog. Yeah. The one yeah. dog. The one yeah. dog who no, can't. Like, for some reason, when he goes outside, mm-hmm.
1: just hello. Oh. Hi. I'm not a morning person.
2: Oh, is it? I, Oh, yeah. Right on. The younger one, eh? That's cool. She she says Heidi and everything, eh?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really happy with her. art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out and I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos, and I tell you what, if you like a painting, I can probably sell it to you. And I tell you what,
2: The, um, no, but she's doing, she's doing very, so anyway, the, the, the end result is, that gets us the track record and, and the financials and the following, because when you're going to investors, it's always a means versus money fight. That's what that negotiation always is. I can take your money and do something with it and make you lots more money. That's what the means say to the investors. The investors say to the means, I can give you the capital you need that you would never get anywhere else, so give me a good deal. That's actually where the, that, that's, that's the, the, the whole rub of the whole thing. So, three years on, since we started this truck, we now have pretty good financials, a decent uh, set of regulars, and if I was going to go back to that situation previous where I had all these guys sitting around a table, I would have a lot more balls, I would have a lot more say in what that deal was going to shape up to be. Yeah, like, as in to, to tell them to go
1: fuck themselves, like, my food's awesome, it's going to sell no matter what you do. You can be
2: part of this or fuck off. It's that is a lot. It, it all comes down to that from the mean side, and and mm. that is a ton easier to say when you've got enough of a track record to know that it would be a success. Mm. And that, no, no,
1: no, no, no. I, I, hundred percent get you because, like, you know, when you're like, how do you say, we're we're all kind of like, you know, doing this and that. Like, you never know if it's gonna pick up, but like, you know, look look back in your future stuff. We're
2: actually successful. You're like, why the fuck did I talk to these assholes? exactly and that's the way that it's shaping up to be now like if I, if I look back on that original conversation three years ago with like the, these guys from Tokyo and Osaka I, I magic wand scenario if I could just plant myself into that situation again with, with this track record and with you know they can come by the places where we park the truck and they can see the regulars and they can come to the events for example we go to Agaha it's the largest club in Asia once a month we're there, it's sporadic. Um, I'm not very good at updating the Facebook page, but, I mean, we've got regulars. And her cooking is that damn good. I mean, the... Oh, the it's, it's, it's excellent, because I've been to Ageha,
1: and I just, like, you know, walk by the truck and wave hello, and, like, oh, the, like, you know, my on those chor- chorizos. The sausage is, like, damn good.
2: The supplier's good. The, um, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 I, I agree with it. I mean, I I actually have to get away from eating that food because that food is in our house. There's a lot of that food that for for a long time, we basically ate that menu for like the whole family for like a a good year and a half because we were actually really once we had put all the cash outlay to get the truck ready and to get moving. It took a long time for it to start bringing in revenue. So we were pretty slim pickings for a while. Actually, that's the Mm. other thing. Um, We were so slim pickings where you go through like Christmases and birthdays and you as a parent don't really know where you're gonna get the cash to like, you know, give these kids good memories, you know what I mean? But we pulled it off somehow. Um, That's an enormous story in and of itself. Um, But now, as of last year, was when it really picked up. The first two years were hard yakker. Big time. And I had chucked more money into the business to keep it going and it wasn't, like, it, it was to buy ingredient. It was to buy some a new freezer. To, no, no, it was an investment. It was an investment, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it's an investment because it's my fiancé. Like, there's not actually, like, a shareholder agreement or anything. It's just, like, here's money, make money. And our cash flow strategy, is there cash in the box, yes or no? And yeah, a lot well, of like, times... I mean, you're not
1: saying the the, the
2: same contract, well, other than the marriage agreement, but yeah. Fiancé, we haven't married yet. Okay, fair Which fair. she loves bringing up lots and lots. uh, Mine
1: as well don't worry about
2: it we're in the same club so cheers for that cheers to that everyone's got their own reasons I mean ours was just that we had like I'm 36 now we've been together 8 years she had she's 10 years older than me her children when I had walked into their lives was 9 and 15 I don't care what country you're I don't care I don't care what country you're in those ages are when they're the most expensive. So now, eight years on, I've put the oldest through university. I'm now staring down the barrel of putting the youngest stepdaughter into Tokyo's most prestigious design school, which she got in on her own accord. Mm. Congratulations to her. But the bills come my way. Mm. Uh, so then, you know, it, it, they're very expensive times of lives for children. And then mm. my daughter is turning 13 next month and she's just going to start heading into that cycle. When the kids are really young, new parents really don't understand this. When the kids are babies, actually, that you don't sleep and you're new to the whole thing and everything just seems like this big thing. But actually, when they're, when they're really young, that is actually when they're the cheapest. Wait until they get into, like, you know, higher education. And of course, everybody wants their kids to have the best chance in life. I agree. Get them to higher education. And I mean, like, here's not... Too bad. Canada was a little cheaper, but like Americans, man, you guys are getting just screwed on education, on higher yeah, education. Yeah,
1: like uh, basically, like college has been how do you say become an extension of uh, high school. And do you oh, have a student loan? Oh,
2: yeah, oh, outstanding. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How much
1: is it? Um, I'm paying enough. I'm actually pretty co- pretty close to finishing. But like, the, the thing is, like. Uh, I graduated the university in like what, uh, uh, 2003? Okay. Yeah, but Me like, too. yeah, but you, you get out
2: and like you know you're you're just crushed with six figures of debt, which is gonna that re- absolutely blows my mind. We got a new, we hired uh, a brand new grad at a uni. Um, he'd come to Japan as an English teacher, as an American guy from Massachusetts, sure. in in the company I work for, and. I was riding around and, and what I do is real estate, so I show a lot of play, I show a lot of property. And me and him were riding around in the car, and I was just getting to know him, and I was asking a bunch of questions, and and he started talking about his university debt. Twenty three years old, six figures in debt. As an undergrad. Yeah. Absolutely insane. No, it's getting worse and worse, man.
1: Like, uh, no, I agree. Um, yeah, it's it's fucked. It's completely fucked. And. I know, the problem with America is, like, you know, everybody's bitching about, like, you know, how to fix this, how to fix this. That's a huge fucking thing. Like, literally everyone, every other country, every other industrial country does, you know, health care. They just tax them more. Same with university. It's like, oh, let's, let's, let's let us let's the best students in the university. You
2: have to qualify on your own merits, not just throw down money. Like, I paid, via loan, $30,000 for four years of university at one of Canada's better universities. It wasn't the Harvard of Canada, but it was, like, you know, that sort of thing. Here is very comparable. I've put one through university and then the Tokyo Design College. Tokyo Design College, my younger stepdaughter's going to go to, first year, they're taking all a big, long trip to Silicon Valley to tour Google and to tour Apple and to Mm. tour all these places. It's still going to be, probably at the end of the day, $30,000. And I, I have this thing where I don't want my kids... To have any debt post secondary education? Like you
1: shouldn't. Like, you shouldn't. You know, like why? Because you know, you know, they just graduated. What they should have a fresh start. I agree with you one hundred percent. But like, but the, but that state not... is so expensive. Like yeah, that, but like... that's not my situation growing up, and I don't agree with it. And I'm here because of well reasons, man. Well, what do you think of it though? Well, shit, dude. It, it's it's complete shit, dude. I I completely disagree with it. Like there's a lot of like. there's a lot of shit going on but like that's that's not what we're here to talk about but like how about like the real estate stuff like could you flip on over that i mean don't don't get me wrong i i I do agree with you but like this is not like the format for that kind of discussion i do agree
2: with you though are we still on yeah yeah, yeah, we'll just keep recording all right right. go ahead so what about real estate real estate Okay, so real
1: estate begins. You know, this is this is your main job now, so you've got a lot of interesting shit, and like you know, you're selling like you know, not not just like you know, like shitholes, like you don't you're not a fucking slumlord. You're the complete opposite. You're selling like some high end properties. So, so, tell us a bit about that because I'm pre- I'm pretty sure you got some interesting stories. You are my landlord, which I, I guess makes you slumming it for a little bit.
2: Well, I'm, I'm it, just it, joking, it, but the, the the I live in the same building. Full disclosure, the um. Uh, the Your landlord is helping out a friend for a couple of months while he goes off and figures his life out because he's been here for a, a decade longer than us and needs to figure it out. And he's got some family issues and blah, blah, blah. The, the, my foray into real estate in Japan was because when you come here as an English teacher, you get kind of pigeonholed. We talked about this earlier before we started mm. recording. We, you get kind of pigeonholed, and there's a very, very low ceiling that you hit depending on where you are, where if you get stuck in that, then you'll be there forever. And, and, and it's a very tangible trap. You are doing very well. From You're doing great. In, in my situation was I had come over with a company called, it's bankrupt now so I can talk about it, uh, Geo's. And they had the hiring office in Toronto and th- everything like that. And I was an Aikaiwa teacher. An Aikaiwa teacher is not like a, a public school teacher. It's it's a private company. English conversation, like private lessons. Private businesses, private lessons kind of a thing. So mommy- it's fast food for education, basically. Exactly. And so I had gotten hired by that and uh, that type of company, brought over, and luckily... Well, luckily or unluckily, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of humming and hawing about it, was... I was put in Kudansta. And Kudansta is a station in Tokyo, in an area in Tokyo. It's a nice place, by the way. It's interesting, very very uh, office-oriented, very commercial-oriented, but there's like there's got to be 500 million people there in the day and then nobody there in the evening. Um... I was able to see the Budokan from, like, the very top of the Budokan, that gold little onion thing that sits on top of the Budokan, Mm. uh, from my classroom, and I saw Yaskudi Shrine. Ah, okay, okay. So, at the time, I didn't really understand the significance of either. So, basically, well, you know, at the time, but, like, this is, like, central, central Tokyo. Literally, the geographic center of Tokyo. The Emperor's Palace is on the other side of the Budokan. That is
1: also true.
2: That is very true. Fun fact about the geographic center of Tokyo, lots of gaijin like you and me have come to Tokyo and have walked around the city and f- couldn't fathom why they planned this, the the city like this. Tokyo is not in a grid pattern. Like, you know, if you miss a light in at, back at home, you basically go to the next light, go around the block and come back and you mm. pretty much figure out where you are without needing the, the use of navi or GPS or anything mm. like that. Tokyo is all triangles piled onto each other. With the, well, it's it's like going through like a how do you say like a bowl of spaghetti. Exactly, and it's done that on
1: purpose. Yeah, yeah. Well, like maybe you know this more, more like because you actually drive it. Like I don't, but like, it's fucking terrible. Like a taxi cab or somebody drive me. and It's like oh, I live over there. Like uh, oh, or a taxi cab. Like oh, I can't go down that street it's so one way. But like, I know how to walk here. But like you know, there's there's so many, it's bizarrely fucking weird because it, like you just like. This, this street should connect to this street, but I can't turn here. But if
2: you walk this way, you're going to be fucking lost. It's weird. You don't... The, when I first came to, to Japan, I was amazed at how quickly I was able to lose my orientation. In, in Canada, driving around the States, I was able to figure out... like You could figure out which way north is pretty quick. Yeah. Like, just on your own intuition. Here, your own intuition you, lies to you basically, because of the, the the different turns. You think, from our perspectives, a right turn is a 90 degree right turn, but actually in here, an, a right turn could be a 45 degree right turn, a 37 degree right turn, or a 72 degree right turn, It's a example. soft right turn. Mm. So then the, which um, is the, the,
1: the bitchy GPS lady was just like, please take a soft right turn. I'm like, so, am I turning
2: right? What am I doing? Yeah, no, just go slow. Is that slow? so? I slowly,
1: like, turn <laughs> here? Like,
2: I'm not getting it. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I understand. I've been here as well. They did that on purpose with the emperor in the geographic center of Tokyo so that any land force that invades Japan would have a hell of a time getting to the emperor. So this is all all this stuff that we walk around with today is is thinking about But
1: even here, even in Akimeguro, like don't get me wrong, we're, we're not in the central Tokyo. We're a little bit out outside of the Yamanote line, but even here it's the same weird fucked up shit. Basically. Yeah.
2: But it's like if you go to Sapporo, if you go to Fukuoka, if you go down to certain parts of Osaka, they they built it in a grid pattern. Yeah. Tokyo even after the firebombings of World War II, they kept the same streets as a way to protect the emperor because that was well before GPS. If you have GPS now, then you're fine, like mm. everybody does. But if you don't have GPS and you've got to kind of do the old... you remember MapQuest? Yeah. Yes, do, I do. You've got to do the old MapQuest way where you oh, just print Back in, back directions. in
1: my ye yoren days of university, when we would uh, use the printer we would print off the map quest.
2: And get in your car and off you go for 14 hours and, across uh, the country, yes. right?
1: Your passenger sitting next to you, there will be a navigator.
2: I am driving this way. And it's a printed piece of fucking paper that yeah. fucking says, go turn here, like on I-95 or wherever we were going, and then turn here and here. Yeah, but over. nowadays it's
1: like, yeah, dude, fuck it. I got this, man. You, you know, you got a little fucking panel. You just set your smartphone, Boom, I want to go here. Yeah. And thank God for that. Well, I'm uh, not to,
2: disagreeing with you on that one. I am not disagreeing with you. When I started my real estate career, I was a leasing agent. And leasing, and I sell property now, but it's the same. The mechanics of showing property are the same for both types of agents. I have to be able to get you from A to B in the if most efficient way possible so I'm not wasting your time.
1: Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. But it's also like it's customer service. So, like, if you fuck up, if you take a wrong turn it reflects poorly on you and as well as your com- company and you're in sales and oh, oops, there goes your commission
2: exactly, so then the and we deal with basically what I do is I deal with basically all foreign people living in Tokyo so whether you're looking to rent a place and or looking to buy a 10 million dollar place, a wrong turn, if you're in Singapore if you're in Canada, if you're in the States if you're in uh, Australia a wrong turn is the base sign of incompetence. Yeah. But here, like you said, even the taxi drivers, I mean, the taxi drivers, they they have GPS, but all the taxi drivers are about 150 years old, and they think they know where they're going.
1: Well, it depends on the taxi driver. I've had, like, taxi head drivers all
2: over the experience, but go, go ahead with, like, your input. But a wrong turn is a sign for incompetence, right? So then mm. that just chips away, and then when you finally, for real estate, when you finally do get to the property, whatever you've got to say about the neighborhood and whatever you've got to say about this
1: and that i will stop you like one, one one time really quick i have had taxi drivers take a wrong turn and like they've actually like turned to turn to me and go i'm sorry i made a mistake and and, and they the, the click off and they go look i give you a discount i made a mistake and this is like oh okay that's okay that's okay in that situation because like you know i'm not trying to you know invest a huge chunk of money into a property but in your situation you were saying
2: it's all it's all a chip away at your own credibility because the guy's gonna take a property or he's gonna buy the property he's gonna rent the property or he's gonna buy the property based based largely in part with how well you know what you're doing and it little things like that right like there's like That is a little thing, believe it or not. I mean, like, for people who are coming here, give your real estate agent a bit of a break, because there's two things in this city that are absolute nightmares. One is trying to get from A to B when A to B always moves, such as in real estate. And second, parking. I can get you to B, but whether I can park at B or not, I don't know. So which means i got to drive kind of float around the area as an agent, there's no way I'm going to keep the 50,000 coin parking spots around the 23 wards of this city Wait, they, in they, my they, head.
1: They don't have an app for that? No. Really? Because. Are, the, you, are you serious? Because no. they've, got, they've got a toilet finder,
2: they've got a McDonald's finder. like uh, They don't have an app for actual parking. I, there's, there's three there's, apps there's, for parking because there's three coin parking companies that basically run hmm. the coin parking operations, all of which tell you where their coin parking spots are but if i'm in a certain location and i've got company a's app and company a doesn't happen to have a coin parking spot in that location if i don't have company b and c's app downloaded on my phone right and then right and then so then right and then but you're mr megabox who's come from singapore or taiwan or hong kong Wah, wah,
1: wah. Yeah, sad, exactly sad, right. Sad trombone
2: noise. Exactly, exactly. Now we have a thick skin, but that's basically like parking and and sorry, we made a wrong turn. There goes us, my
1: commission. Just give us a riding bit, off to the sunset.
2: Give us a bit. Give us a bit of uh, understanding. Anyway, I understand that. Mm. So then, yeah, I mean. Want to smoke? Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we're going to take a <coughs> break.
1: Uh, uh, any, anything else you want to talk about uh, on the news?
2: I, uh... Oh, sorry, sorry. Before the news, uh, about your, uh, with the real estate stuff? Not really. I sell property. I rent property.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, let's have a quick smoke break, and then we'll be back with the news and more beers. Yes. Because hell yeah. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, Vaders. That was one hell of an episode. One hell of an interview with one hell of a great guy. That was pretty fantastic. I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, Vaders, thank you very much for tuning into this episode. We will be back next week. I will be on the show. I will explain all the crazy shit I got into, why I could not be on the show this week. And I apologize for not being on the show. Wait, I'm on the show right now, okay? I don't apologize for nothing. (laughs) I'm on the show now. (laughs) You're hearing me. (laughs) And, um, oh, you're probably wondering what happened to the news. Well, um, yeah, Tom recorded uh, the uh, podcast, I think, on his cell phone, which sounds pretty goddamn good, man. These cell phones are pretty kick-ass, man. But, um, yeah, um, something was i don't know what happened there, there's a problem with like the mic or the recording or something but it just did not come through very well at all so um we're going to have an action-packed episode with the news next week so if you're craving the news if you got a jones running through your bones with the news yeah don't worry about it don't worry about it so if you drink like three beers out of your six pack or six beers out of your 12 pack or whatnot, or half the bottle of whiskey or whatever you're doing, half the bottle of shochu, just set it aside, put it in the fridge, hold it for next week because we will be here with the news. So, Faders, thank you very much for tuning in. Oh, gee, I did forget. Um, we do have three sponsors. We've got... Gamuso. Gamuso is comfortably located in Asagaya, right next to our other sponsor, Mitsuya. Mitsuya Mitsuya Liquors. Mitsuya Liquors, by the way, has over 300 beers. Okay, let me say that again over 300 motherfucking beers. If you like drinking beers, and I think you do, get your ass down to Mitsuya. And don't forget to say got-fit Japan, because when you say got-fit Japan, they let you into the back secret bar where you can drink all those babies. With babies. No, there's no babies there. The only babies are the beers. (laughs) Should you call your beer a baby? That's probably a bad idea because sometimes when people drink too much, they wind up making babies. (laughs) That's why I'm here. (laughs) Uh, So, um, yeah, definitely say Gaffa to Japan when you go to Mitsuya. And if you go to Gamuso or when you go to Gamuso... Say what's up to Pee Wee. Pee Wee's the uh, master manager bartender and he's pretty kick ass. And make sure that he knows that you listen to the show too because uh, that motherfucker loves to get his fade on. So when you're there and stuff, definitely do a couple of shots with that mofo because he loves it. And uh, oh, yeah, I did forget that we do have a third sponsor. The third sponsor is moi, The Spilt Ink. So uh, come on down to TheSpiltInk.com. T H E S P I L T I N K. Com. That's right. And uh, yeah, definitely check out my art, buy my art, Buy my art, please. This is getting really expensive. I spend too much money on booze for this show. (laughs) Actually, maybe I spend that enough. I don't know, but help me out. (laughs) And you'll get something really nice in return, a beautiful art piece. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Just Google The Spilt Ink. There's a lot of motherfuckers out there that copied my name. I don't know. Why 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 the fuck did they not Google The Spilt Ink before they stole my motherfucking name? I mean, I'm pretty... I'm all over the place. I mean, if you Google T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K, I, I come up pretty high in the ranks, but uh, yeah, those motherfuckers out there, they copy my name. Can you imagine that? I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, what if like Apple had like a competitor called Apples? <laughs> oh, which computer should I buy? Apple or Apples? <laughs> I don't know. They're all Apples and oranges to me. <laughs> oh vaders oh, yeah. oh god i hope you enjoyed the show i'll see you next week peace my old
2: brother a goddamn shit-sucking vampire Will oh, you eat till mom finds out buddy i've
0: got a government job to abuse and a
2: lonely wife to fuck
0: as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be a gangster so
1: see- how's huh? the pressure i can't take it so see- oh. i can't take it
0: I can't stand I to <laughs> <laughs> You sure it's this, man? <laughs> We're going freaky! Yeah. We came, we
1: saw, we kicked his ass. Your move, creep. Oh, man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is a fucked up Republican
0: shit. <laughs> ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.